This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be paving the way. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. It is Taz of the Moose with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Toll free live brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. You've got Mike and Pete across the other side. Bogus sitting in with me. And also has got your updates as we got a couple hours left to play with. A good hour number one. We closed out the conversation talking about Adam Gaze and, and the Jets and you know, you, you talk about balance in life. I, I heard Clint Hurdle, uh, Pirates, who are staggering down the stretch, um, I believe lost again last night to the, to the Milwaukee yeah. Brewers. Four um, and 21 since the All-Star. Yeah, game. I mean, just terrible. I mean, they've in essence, you've watched them. It's tough to say, but they've basically quit on the field. I mean, they, they played bad baseball. But um, I heard Clint Hurdle on MLB radio, uh, I think it was yesterday afternoon or the day before, uh, and, and, you know, kind of start off the conversation, you know, talking about how he was doing and stuff like that. He's got two teenage kids, you know, and he's, I believe, 64 years of old, 64 years of age. And he, he talked about balance in life, right? Uh, he's on, he said, I believe third marriage, um, that it was hard for him to learn early on in his life. Uh, but you know, he likes to go home. Right, I mean, when he's at the ballpark, obviously the focus is on the baseball, and that's the message to his team is that when you walk into that building or that stadium on any given day uh, for the next six and seven hours, the focus is on baseball. And as an organization in Pittsburgh, they haven't done a great job here in the second half, as Andrew just rolled through the record, is is that they try and make sure that their players, um, that they are given the necessary tools to where then they could just focus in on baseball when when they walk into a particular stadium. And he said it was, listen, he goes, the biggest thing I tell my players, you got to have balance. I mean, it, you know, you, you want to be successful in what you do. You understand the drive that you need to do, but there is also something in terms of balance in life. And he said it's hard to to learn that early on um, when you're young as a player or young as a, as a manager, but, but it's important. When I read the Adam Gaze piece, and I bring that example up, is uh, I look at a guy that is – out of balance. Now, as a fan, you don't care because as a fan, you're not concerned about Adam Gase's family. 
You're not concerned about his relationship with his wife. You're not concerned about, you know, whether or not he has enough time to wind down. You know, you have no, no you know, how many cups of coffee is he drinking a day? Is it a healthy life? You, you don't care because what you want is a guy that lives, eats, and breathes football. You want a guy that is focused and on winning, doing everything they possibly can do to win. You know, you've heard stories, as I mentioned, Joe Gibbs with the Redskins. He's not the only one. Tom Coughlin with the Giants. I mean, there's plenty of guys that had cots and pullouts and everything like that where they'd be sleeping at the offices. And mess manager Mickey Callaway said it just yesterday. He said he, he basically lives at the stadium. He eats all three of his meals there. He just goes home to sleep and then comes right back. Right, and that's a guy that's kind of out of balance because he was asked about going out. He said because he was asked the question by a reporter. I don't know which reporter it was. You know, are you getting when you go out, do you, are people saying stuff to you? And this thing he goes, well, I really don't go out much. And then gave the answer that, that Andrew just detailed. They mentioned Dick Vermeil with the Philadelphia Eagles suffered a lot of burnout before he came back, kind of re-energized and refocused um, as the, the coach of the Rams and then the Kansas City Chiefs. I bring that example up because I read the gay story and I wasn't angered, as, as Andrew mentioned, you know, in terms of when he gave birth. What I read was it was kind of depressing and sad. I, I I don't think I think you got to be committed to your job. And listen, you guys bust my chops all the time that I work a lot, and I do work a lot, um, and I, I appreciate all my opportunities. But I also have an understanding here where you know when I, when I get home, um, you know I, I try and focus in on my family and try and spend time with my kids and enjoy time with my kids um, and and doing what I need to do to continue to do the job that I do and the good job that I do. But I try and focus in on my kids. I read the gay stuff, and I'm like. You know, it's a guy that's completely out of whack. Is it? You know, if you're a Jet fan, you're like, yeah, this is great, man. I mean, he's gonna. I mean, all he cares about is football. But I also look at a guy that's kind of just like off kilter. It's kind of depressing. I don't think you need to do that. I think you need to be committed, Andrew. But I don't think you need to do what was written in that story. And if all this is indeed true, and I believe it to be true, that was in this athletic piece, I read and I said, you don't. There are guys that are going to read that and say, that's what I need to do to be a head coach in the National Football League, and I think that's BS. I don't think you need to do this in order to be successful in the NFL. No, and I, I – see, I, my first thought in reading it was about him to the extent where I knew some people – I don't know how many. If it's, I don't think it's going to be the majority, but there will be people who read this story and go like, yeah, that's the way – like, that's what I – that's what – you know, he's football first. Like, that's what I've got to do. And all those stories are – are fun and cool and, you know, they're somewhat comical, but there is a serious side to it that, like, you can absolutely ruin yourself by being all out and not sleeping and not eating correctly. It's kind of connects at least indirectly in my head to, like, the conversation we've, we've had about resting guys during the regular season and all this kind of stuff because, you know, it's great in theory to play all 82 games or all 162. Like, Iron Man stuff is not to be belittled, but I've always wondered, like, wouldn't you rather get 150 really good games out of somebody or 70 really good games out of somebody than, like, 60 good ones and 22 stinkers because you're running yourself into the ground playing 40 minutes every night in the NBA? And nowadays you want everyone to be ready for these longer postseasons, which go for two months, multiple rounds, um, so, like, it, it's always made sense to me to protect your body, to rest guys. Load to, management. To stretch guys out. And now you've got coaches. Like, I, like it's great. On one hand, you like that Adam Gase is that committed. But on the other, I end up wondering, 
if he's more efficient and he's better rested and better fed and not hopped up on coffee, maybe he can do better work in eight hours than this crazy maniacal work over 21. You know what I mean? You, like, you can be more efficient. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I don't, I don't think it's, uh, you know, I, I think if you're up for 21, 22 straight hours and doing that, if you're getting three and a half. It has to suffer your work. Right, if you're getting three and a half to four hours of sleep a, a day and, and you're not taking any kind of naps during the course of the day, it does a, it's going to affect you one way or the other, whether it be at work or whether it be in your personal life, this and that. I mean, he the advice of guys that fell in past. You ask Joe Gibbs now, who's out of football, right? Back into NASCAR, and he never left NASCAR, but has been a successful owner in NASCAR, uh, you, know, uh, you know, a Hall of Fame coach. Joe Gibbs has great regret about not being around his family and, you know, when, when he was the head coach of the Washington Redskins, of missing time with his kids when they were young and missing important moments because you know because he was committed to to being an NFL head coach and he was a very successful one you know he, he you know he, an uber successful one uh, you're talking about a guy that won you know three super bowls with three different quarterbacks in Joe Theismann in Doug Williams and Mark Rippin i mean it's not like Joe Theismann didn't, it's not like uh, Joe Gibbs didn't have a lot of success he had a ton of success right. in the national football league right and adam gaze hasn't and he may with this jets team but i mean you know he was not necessarily missed on his way out the door in Miami. I mean, he made, you know, players didn't love him across the board universally. Well, how about, and, well, how about the story from Kenny Stills? Yeah. I mean, Stills basically told him, please stop texting me after midnight. You're waking me up. <laughs> I mean, he would he would, he would would regularly text players up until 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I mean, that that's, I mean, you'd have to say to yourself, like, you know, okay, I get it. We all love football. We're committed to football winning, but do you need to be doing that on the regular? Right. Take some notes and then see me in the morning. Right. Exactly. And pass it along I in, mean, it's, in it's, and, and, and I get the, listen, for the Jets, for the owners, for Chris Johnson, he wants a guy that's going to step in as intense, that all he cares about is football, that this is the way we're going to win, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, that this is basically his child. And, and, and that's fine. If you're Chris Johnson, you're not concerned about what he's doing in his free time. You want a guy that's going to help the Jets win football games, yeah, are you but, not? I, but I still think that you should be worried about that because I, I just think if you give yourself time to do other things, it makes your main thing better. Like I, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. You know what, Andrew? I'd like to believe that you're correct that that owners care. I don't know if owners really care about that. I mean, they should care about. Everybody's overall well-being yeah, and way they're doing their job, and it's just it's. Well, it's, I think it, I think they want to win, and it if they have a guy that steps in that cares just as much about winning and that team as you care about the team that you own, and is willing to go above and beyond, the owner's like, great. You think Chris Johnson sits there as concerned about whether or not Adam Gase is is at his kid's birthday party? Well, no. Or, but if he or, walks by at at you know six a.m. and then hears stories at eleven p.m. that Gase is still in his office with those eyes bugging out, mainlining coffee and like sh- hand shaking on the desk while he's breaking down video, like you might want to go, Adam. You, you can go home. It's okay. It's a I, Monday in April. We'll be yeah, fine. I, <laughs> we'll no, be fine. I get. I get that. I'm. I'm I'd like to believe what you're saying is true, Andrew. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I don't know if owners really care. When was the last time Belichick slept in his office in New England? I can't answer that. I have no idea. It's probably been recent, right? Yeah, I'm sure. It's not beneath him yet. No, I'm sure. I mean, listen, Shiano couldn't take it. He ran. (laughs) 
That's true. I mean, Shiano stepped in. Didn't even get close to the regular season. Right. And, and, <laughs> and from my understanding, he, he, got, o- he got over from someone who told me he got basically overwhelmed by the work <laughs> up in New England. I mean, in March. I mean, think about that. I mean, that, that is. A and ser- they're friends. Right. And Shiano's the one that basically is thinking, I need to focus back on my family. Shiano's like, I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's head out to Melbourne, Florida. It's Kurt at CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Kurt? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, love listening to the show. Um, I think you need to change the name, though, to uh, Moose and whoever's in filling in for Taz while he's on vacation. So, you know, it What's seems the... like he's been out more days than not. Yeah. Well, well, this year he used his vacation more in the summer. Last year he loaded up back into the year. So last year in the <laughs> month of December, he basically wished us a happy new year on December the 5th. <laughs> Uh, We'll call it TBD and the Moose. Right, exactly. (laughs) What's going on, Kurt? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So, hey, listen, this is, I I agree with both you guys, but this is just the mentality of, you know, 2019 coaches, right? Uh, An owner's not going to hire a coach that comes in and goes, yeah, I love a work-life balance. I'm going to come in at, you know, 7. I want to leave by 6.30, 7 o'clock at night they're going to go for the guy who's going to have a heart attack in the office, right? And that's just the way it is. So all these guys are competing against each other. And uh, you made a great point there. I just want to, if you have an example, you know, of anybody who is a NFL coach who's, or even a college coach, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of more laid back. I like a work-life balance. I'm not going to be in the office all the time. And then the guy goes, you're hired. Yeah, you're, well, you're you're not wrong. I mean, Kurt, you know, I, I think it's it's easy to say about having balance in life. Um, I, I think if you're successful, it's hard to find because it's difficult to say no. Uh, it's difficult to say not available. Um, it's difficult to then say, you know, I'd rather do this when you realize you don't know what's around the corner. And that's the thing that also drives you as well is the fear factor. You know, the, the fear factor of what's next, the fear factor of failure, the fear factor of the unknown down the line. Um, now, for somebody who's worth a significant amount of money, that fear is not there. But for those that are trying to cut their teeth and, and make their way, you know, that, that fear, I think, is really a, a massive driving force to, to a lot of individuals when you look at work, when you look at business, uh, is that fear of failure. And I think for Adam Gase, there is that fear. I think it's easy to say, well, I want to find balance in life, but... I think it's very, very difficult to find, and Adam Gase is just the latest example. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't have it. You should, and that there's got to be some sort of boundaries that you set. I don't know if Adam Gase at 3 o'clock in the morning watching practice video of the Jets is all of a sudden going <laughs> to find something that he couldn't have seen at 7.50 at night. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that. I really don't. I don't think it's all of a sudden – it's not like it's all of a sudden going to hit him some play that they ran in practice at 4 a.m., that he didn't, that he couldn't have seen it at at seven Eureka. or eight o'clock at night. Right, exactly. He's running right. through empty hallways yeah. looking for one person to share this discovery yeah, with. And I've designed the greatest trick play that the NFL will ever see. I mean, I I don't know if that's all of a sudden hit him, but he feels like that is doing everything and anything in order to be successful. I totally agree, and I think the flip side of that is that if he was not like that, he probably wouldn't be the coach, right? And uh, I there's. I can't think of one example of a coach who has that work-life balance. That's just there's jobs for those people, but it's not an NFL head coach. It's not you know like you had mentioned with the New England team. It's not uh, you know the defensive uh, coordinator position. You know 
how about just going to a forty hour a week job and those people have the work life balance. Yeah, well, and it doesn't, and it doesn't need to be anything close to fifty fifty. But it almost sounds like this is like ninety five five for Gase. Like maybe seventy thirty is doable. You're going to miss things. I mean, Moose and I miss things regularly because of the way we work nights, weekends. I'm going to miss my son's baseball game tonight. Right. It's announced to the crowd. Number gets called out. Uh, I'm going to be at work. I'm going to miss it. Right. My, dad, so I, my son was asking me last night, are you going to be there? I go, uh, no, I got work tonight. Isn't that the like, worst? Oh, it's, it's terrible. I feel bad. And my wife's like, we'll take video. We'll show daddy and everything like that. He's like, oh, okay. I'm not going to be able to make it. And, and I feel bad that I'm not going to be able to make it. But, I mean, it, it comes along with it. I it, It's a matter of then trying to be available and trying to provide other things for, you know, that, that's it. I think about well, Daniel Jones. You were there Jones. and you stayed when they were born, right? Well, I was, yes. Yeah. Well, and I'm, that's the thing. Like, you, so, we're not at a birthday party here. We're talking about, the, like, the, the first moments of the child's life. Plus, your wife is on an operating table. Yeah. Where things can go wrong still, unfortunately and sadly and scarily. So, like, that's the day you can stay away for a little bit. And even when you get there and Peyton Manning goes, WTF, how are you, why are you here? Like, that should set off a bell going... You know what? If Peyton Manning is wondering why I'm here, maybe I should have gone back to the hospital or at least figure out a way to Skype into it's 2018, whatever year that was. You could have Skyped into a meeting and still well, see that would have been talk things over. But if you were the next door over from your recovering wife and your brand new kid, was it not Daniel Jeremiah, uh, who's now working for the NFL Network, right? And is he is he the draft analyst? I believe he, he is, is for the well, NFL yeah. Network, right? Um, so. He knows college football backward and forward, and he, he you know, comes up big time when the NFL draft rolls are along. I, I think it was the Jets where his Jet name was floated out there uh, about possibly joining uh, the Jets' um, hierarchy when they brought Joe Douglas aboard, when they got rid of McCagnan. His name was floated out there as being a potential guy that would join the Jets' staff, right? And... And I, I remember, I think I heard him on, I, I think I saw him on TV, or it might have been in a tweet. He might actually go back on Twitter and, and, and read this. And he talked about the fact of, you know, the commitment it took to take that job or to do that job properly. In today's day and age in the NFL, you're looking at 19, 20-hour days. And he's like, I don't, he goes, right now at this stage of my life, um, I don't want to go back to that lifestyle. I don't have any interest in going back to that life. It's a very hard life, you know, when you're you're doing a lot of, you know, initially when you're cracking into the NFL, you have to do a lot of different things in order to kind of make way and cut your teeth. But he was not looking to get back into that lifestyle. He said, I'm enjoying what I'm doing now for the NFL Network. I'm not looking to, have him, to be doing that again. And I think that's honestly, I think that's the norm. I think, God, I think teams are expecting – you know, their head coaches, their staffs, their supporting staff, everybody to be there, you know, 18, 19 hours a day to where during the NFL regular season you're barely seeing your wife and kids. I think that's the commitment that when you get in and people are going to say, well, you could have done something else with your life. You don't have to choose this life. You could go do something else where you could be work nine to five. But if you're going to do this, then this is what the job entails. Yeah, with the few exceptions of childbirth. Like, there's a few extremes that – that the the family the, should think, win. Well, I mean, I think it's all. I and mean, I, like today, again, going back I mean, to Chris that's just Johnson. An example. You I mean, I, I do think it's. I, I do think you don't need to be at a place for twenty hours in order to be successful. A no, day. I don't think I, getting. I, would agree. Through, I don't think being there and locked in, and you know, I think you could accomplish just as much in fifteen, sixteen hours as you can in twenty. I would agree with you. Yeah. Off the top of my head, having not coached even a high school football team, I would think still there's a way for you to work a little more efficiently 
and go home and get some rest. All right, let's head down to Houston. It's John. It's CBS Sports Radio. What's up, John? Hey, good morning, Moose. Yeah, when I saw that article, I just cringe. You know, I, uh, I'm i a marathon runner, so it tr- takes a tremendous amount of dedication to oh, run. How many marathons have you run, John? Uh, well, I'm uh, 63, and I've run 69 marathons. Oh, my oh God. My. 69, 69 now, too many, John. What's the best? Now, what's the most? In, that's a, that's amazing. My wife's done a couple half marathons. They're very, I mean, wow. I give you a lot. 69 mar- When was the first marathon you ran? What age? Well, I was uh, I was just I graduated college at SUNY Cortland, and um, I was I played I was playing basketball. I was on the basketball team and everything. And and uh, and during my second semester, I was doing an internship at Orange Community College, and there was no place to play basketball. So I just started running and this, and then so I was reading an article in Long Island Newsday, and it said, "Hey, uh, we have a marathon coming up May first, and it was I think it was like nineteen it was nineteen seventy eight. And it said, and if you're averaging six miles a day, you can run a marathon. So I ran the marathon in 3:35, and oh uh, and I was hooked ever since. That's crazy. Good for you, John. That's fantastic. <laughs> 69 marathons. That's crazy. Congratulations. What's on your mind, bud? Oh, oh well. Anyway, yeah. When I when I saw that article, I just cringed because it was like I I've had a son. I have a son late in life myself, and uh, and it's so important to have family balance because. Not only, you know, it, it, it's difficult on his him, but think of the effects on the family. You know, when his kids grow up, who knows what's, you know, they're going to be with an absent dad or something along those lines. And you just hear of so many family problems of these of these high-profile celebrities because they've developed, they, they dedicate so much time to their craft that they don't have time for their family. So it just has a tremendous negative effect on the family. Yeah, it can. I mean, John, it it have to be a you know a special situation. I mean, Tom Coughlin is a very good family man, and he's got great kids. Uh, he's done great work in the community, uh, whether it be when he was with the here with the Giants in New York or down in Jacksonville where he is now. And before when he was the coach and running that organization, uh, and tremendous outreach and. And uh, I remember Coughlin basically saying that, um, and his and his kids joking around about the very fact that you know. Uh, their mom was kind of like husband and wife, uh, you know, and and mother and dad, um, because Tom, because uh, Coach Coughlin wasn't around all that much, and and he even recognized that very fact, Andrew, by say basically saying then, you know, he could not be there for all those kind of special moments at times when his kids were young, and he and he thanked his wife for handling all of that and allowing him to focus in on football. And, and that's what you sign up for. And thank God that these men have those women um, to, which to, is difficult. Which, I mean, exactly because, because it takes a special woman. Uh, that that's easier said than done. It's easy to say, oh, you know what? I mean, what, what's the big? That's a lot to put on. That's a yeah. lot to put on a significant you know, other. And obviously, the trade off is things that we'd all be jealous of, like being in the locker room and meeting your favorite players yeah. and being around these teams and seeing those games and. Obviously, coaches are well paid, so you know these. Especially nowadays, I mean, the the gay kids may never need to work if their dad continues to you know has more success and stays a head coach for a long time. So, I mean, there's a trade off, but none of those things, you know, are equal value to like having your dad around. So it's just you know it's just important that even if it's only a couple minutes every day, you just you know I, I hope that there's that all these guys find the right amount of time to just be home. Maybe a little more than they are right now. Uh, no question. Got the campgrounds coming up a little bit later on in the program, the three as well. As we roll right along here on this Thursday morning, Mark Malusis, Andrew Bokish. It is Taz of the Moose right here on CBS Sports Radio. And support for Taz of the Moose 
comes from Manscaped, number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Biseglia, across the way, loves the cologne and the shampoo for Down Under. It so is fantastic. There's Woo. no doubt about it. I mean, it is it is a great product. If you want to take care of your family jewels, make sure that, you, uh, that you're that you precise in your cutting, that you don't want any kind of the nicks. It is, it is great. Take it from me. Fantastic product. Um, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, thank God. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using down there. That's just nasty and gross. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not? Why are you putting it there and not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Nothing like a little uh, swamp crotch, huh? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TAZ at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code TAZ, T-A-Z, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code TAZ. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. a call 855-212-4CBS that's 855-212-4227 that is your number to call it is Taz and the Moose with you right here on CBS Sports Radio um, as CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico great news quick way you can save money switch to Geico go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. And uh, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. We'll do the campgrounds, run around the National Football League training camps coming your way. In about 10 minutes from now, Bogus sitting in with me for the vacationing Taz as he's done all week long. And um, still a day to go because today is not Friday. No, it's not Friday, right? Yesterday was not Thursday. It was not. Today is Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday would be the seven days of the week to wrap it up. Sunday, Monday. Uh, here's your report sponsored by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. So here we go, 11 games on the true opening night of the NFL preseason, with all due respect to the Hall of Fame game. Joe Flacco skipped that one, so he makes his unofficial Broncos debut tonight against the Seahawks. I mean, you you still got the same group of guys out there almost, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know who that is. That's not Joe Flacco. That's a nice job by you. (laughs) I don't know what happened. That's the cut I tried to drag in before, that you... That interrupted you to start the hour. That's a nice job. And he still some... and he went back and played it again. No, but at the beginning, it sounded like Joe Flacco at the beginning when I when it accidentally played. But this is not Joe Flacco, right? I mean, you, you still got the same group of guys out there, almost. You that know what I mean? Uh, the same no energy, the like same Joe effort, Flacco. and uh, I mean, the play call can't really change that. And you know what I'm saying? Uh, Joe Flacco. That's the beautiful thing about this group. All right, now let me play the Joe. Yeah, see, no, here's this is the Joe Flacco cut. Well, you just want to go get your feet wet a little bit. Yeah, that's well, no, but but Moose, is that not what? That's exactly what played 
at the top of the hour, right? Okay, great. So I don't understand how I put that in my script. I don't know. Only you could answer that. No, I can't. I, I don't understand how that cut got there. I don't even know who it is. Uh, neither do I. Let's run the dice. We're going to roll the dice again in a second. But Joe Flacco's going to tell you about important preseason games. Uh, the one as well for Kyler Murray tonight. His first update's going well. Kyler Murray gets his first sniff of NFL action against but the Chargers this seamless. evening. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh Rosen continue send this one to the Hall of Fame. their battle for the Dolphins' QB job I don't know why I against this the Falcons. Cut. Well, I, I can't answer that for you. Neither but do I. It, the point, my point is, <laughs> the way <laughs> our that? system works is I literally I click on a cut, yeah. and I drag it across mm. the screen. I put it in a little box mm. above my script so that I can press play when I get to that point in my script. And when the when the played accidentally at 7.02, that was me putting it in my script. Since gotcha. then, the cut changed to not Joe Flacco. I don't understand oh. how that well, what happened. Is it, what is it labeled as? Well, I can't I can't see what it's labeled as once I put it into my script. Oh, okay. All I can see is the length of All time. Right. Well, hopefully they didn't label that one as Joe Flacco. No, I think somehow that other cut, which I have not heard today, I don't know who it is, somehow got in there. Oh. And I don't, I don't get it. All right, I'm okay. very confused. Let's move on. Nah, Tiger Woods about to in tee Oklahoma. off in the like, Northern what Trust, I need to know. the first event of the PGA postseason. He'll do so on a basically empty course. Liberty National hit hard by storms here in the Northeast yesterday. Crews worked through the night to repair everything, but spectators will not be allowed on the course until 10 a.m. The Milwaukee Brewers, fingers crossed. So Tiger's going to be on the course for two hours and 20 minutes before spectators can get on the course? Tiger and others, yeah. And the reason for that is what? Because of the rain yesterday? The, well, the, there was wind damage. There's there's stands that got knocked down, tents that got knocked over. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I think trees too. So, yeah, that's a mess. Okay. All right. I'm going to try and play a cut. I hope, I hope. This is a Milwaukee Brewer highlight. 1-1 pitch from Williams. A couple of looks at Moustakis and delivery. is swung on and hit out towards right center. Hit well. Back Marte at the wall. It's gone. A two-run home run the opposite way for Kasten Hira. And the Brewers have taken a 2-0 lead. We did it. That was, nice as it was supposed to be, Jeff Levering on Brewers Radio. Rookie second baseman Kasten Hira adding a solo shot for his first career multi-homer game. Milwaukee, a three-game sweep in Pittsburgh, 8-3 the final. They are now in a virtual tie for the second NL wildcard, but the Phillies would win that tie at the moment. They took a 6-1 loss in Arizona last night. The D-backs now a game and a half away from this tie. The Yankees smacked the Orioles 14-2, 15 consecutive wins at Camden Yards, eight in a row overall for New York. Five more homers give them 43 in 10 games in Baltimore this season. The Mariners snapped their five-game the skid. They really do. 3-2 over the Padres and the Red Sox and Royals suspended by rain at 4-all. In the 10th at Fenway, they will resume the game two weeks from today, which is a mutual day off, and everyone hates that they will. Uh, in particular, Royals manager Ned Yost said after the game that they might as well not even make it up because it's <laughs> not going to matter when the season ends. Um, thank you, Andrew. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Moose. No. You're did, welcome for that update. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see the Durant piece? Um, uh, you know, D- the Durant, we hear from Kevin Durant after, obviously, the former Warrior, uh, the NBA champion, former member of the Oklahoma City Thunder, decided in free agency 
uh, here this summer to uh, leave the Golden State Warriors and sign on with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, who had you know he had a, you know in the kind of the piece I believe what was it for um, Yahoo Yahoo There you go Thank you um, I read the I, you know I read the piece it had some interesting comments He didn't blame the Golden State Warriors for this Achilles tendon tear Also said that. Uh, he's not sure if he'll be back to play this year. He doesn't know. He's grinding it one day at a time. Uh, but also said that it was either the Warriors or the Nets, uh, that the Knicks were never really in the conversation at all. He was never <laughs> going to the Knicks. I Now, I know I'm a lifelong Knicks fan. And, yes, I felt a little bit burned. Everyone has every right to do, but the Knicks are an NFL franchise. I, you know, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe that it was never the Knicks. Um, I don't. Re- it it might have turned and become the Brooklyn Nets just as quickly as James Dolan did that interview on ESPN Radio in New York, where he said everything's going according to plan and didn't cut the story off at the knees. Which I, from my understanding, bar- bothered Durant's camp uh, that Dolan did that at the time. Uh, there was too much heat around those surrounding Durant and people in the in the you know people in the NBA that thought it was a fait accompli that he was going to the Knicks. To say that it was ne- he was never going to the Knicks, I find that hard. He, listen, he can say what he wants, and you know you have to take him at his word. I have a hard time, though, truly believing that he never thought about playing for the Knicks. Earmuffs, Mikey B. Um, I, the, the Nets are in a very good spot, right? I mean, there's no two ways about it. And this is, this is pre-Durant and Irving. They set themselves up well. Yeah. Kenny Atkinson's got respect around the league. Sean Marks has built-in respect. But for all the good things the Nets had going, they were not the only appealing situation that any free agent could have signed up for. I mean, Durant had options, theoretically, and technically, because he's Kevin Durant. I mean, he could have basically picked any destination. It's hard for me to believe that it was literally Warriors or Nets, regardless of the Knicks' involvement in all of this, but... The idea that they were almost on equal footing, that the Nets were that are that set up perfectly for the future, it's just, I don't know. It was hard for me to believe all. And that, and back to the timing argument, too, and that nobody knew, and he just woke up on that first day and was like, I'm going to the Nets, and that was the first time he thought about it. Oh, well, that's it's, nonsense. It's, all, it's all, all a bunch of baloney. I, I, I'm with you. I think the Knicks, somewhere along the way, messed up the situation, had a chance at him. I don't know how strongly he was thinking about it, but I do think that they had to be under consideration the way they were behaving, and something changed along well, the way. And, and, and I really believe, you know what changed? Kyrie Irving didn't want to go to the Knicks. It might be that simple, or it might be the stuff and that, you know. Irving and Durant wanted to play together. Right. And a lot of people believe Durant was going to go, as long as both teams could, you know, a team could afford two max contracts, Durant was going to go wherever Kyrie Irving was going. So I think once Irving decided that he was going to Brooklyn, and believe me, I mean, he decided well before free agency. There was reports three weeks before NBA free agency began that um, – that uh, that Kyrie Irving was was going to the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, to the point where they record a hype video uh, and walking <laughs> walking on the Brooklyn Bridge at about four thirty five o'clock. No, about five thirty uh, you know, six o'clock in the morning when the sun is rising in New York City about him being back home, even though he grew up in Jersey. Uh, but him being back back home in Brooklyn, so they record a hype video before NBA free agency began. I really, I mean, and it would look bad on Durant's perspective if he said, listen, I was going wherever Kyrie Irving was going. 
So he best, in essence, made the decision for me. That would look terrible if you're Kevin Durant. Durant's going to say, well, I was, it was either the Nets or the Warriors. I mean, I, that's not from my, for the people I know that I trust. You know, the Knicks were part of the equation at some point in time. Um, it, it might have, like, you know, we might be debating about exactly when he t- he turned his focus onto right. the Brooklyn Nets and, and not the New York was Knicks. Into them. Right, and, and but I, I'll tell you this: I, as sure as I'm sitting here, there was a time where he was going to the, where he wanted to go to the Knicks, regardless of what he told Yahoo yesterday or in this interview. There was a time; it might have been a short amount of time, but there was a time. And I'll blame him for going to the Brooklyn Nets, but I also don't want to spin it. To where it was like almost like kind of rubbing salt in the wound. Listen, the Knicks had no chance. I was never going to the Knicks. Yeah. I was never playing in Madison Square Garden. By the way, it's also... And he had a chance to cut that off at the knees in the regular season and decide not yeah. to. I, I also, all the time, when, when, when players, execs, owners explain things to us, and I know that a lot of... Sometimes we're all idiots and we don't understand things and we're irrational as fans and whatnot, uh, and as media members, obviously... But I, I, I kind of wish people would trust us a little more sometimes. Like, if, if he just said, you know what, I wanted to play with Kyrie, and the place to play with Kyrie was was Brooklyn, like, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I would be bad. I, don't, I, I don't wouldn't think, be bad, Adam. I don't think that's a negative. I don't think teaming up with your good friend who's really good at basketball, kind of in New York and on an up-and-coming franchise, like, all of those things make sense, like, I don't know that you need to spin it that it was 50-50. It was, I just woke up one day, I'm going to the Nets, and they, you know, you could just say, me and Kyrie wanted to play together, and the place that we could play together was Brooklyn. So here I am. I, 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 my time was done at Golden State. It was time for me to move on somewhere new, and that someplace new is with a guy who I want to well, play with, and here we go with the Nets. Well, and, and with the, the whole idea that he just woke up one morning and it hit him like a lightning strike. That he had that never going, thought about that, it. I mean, that is just not, that is not human behavior. No, it's just, it's not, right, that, exactly. I mean, that is, that is, I mean, you think about everything. All People think about stuff all the time. It is I anoth- mean, it's another throwaway Right, you think about sentence. a vacation three weeks before it's happening. You mean to tell me you're about to hit free agency? And Kevin Durant's like, listen, I, I have more important things <laughs> I'm to think about. I'm a free agent? I'm not, I'm not thinking about where I'm going to sign. What does that Wakes mean? up on that morning and is like, hey, I'm going to Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, come on. I heard I heard that their coach is cool. I'm going to Brooklyn. That's been, nonsense. I've been thinking about what I'm doing for dinner on Saturday. For the last I know. Five days. I know. <laughs> and for Kevin Durant, he thinks about nothing at no time. That's got to be some life, I'll tell you this. That's got to be good for him. What's tomorrow? That's not normal, but good for Kevin Durant. We'll come back. we got the campgrounds for you. It's Taz and the Moose. Focus in the house. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Time to go camping, boys and girls. Who better to go sit around the campfire and spitball some football, eat some pork beans, brisket, and throw back some cold ones than with Taz and the Moose? It's Taz and the Moose. Just talking away. It's all you ever heard talking smack since the day they was born. It's Taz and the Moose. Just talking away. It's all you ever heard talking smack since the day they was born. That's right. The campgrounds here on this Thursday morning. Let's begin our journey. Let's head back to Florham Park, New Jersey, and that is Jets land. Here is Adam Gaze. Jets, Giants tonight. Preseason game for both, uh, number one for both of those football teams. 
Uh, here's Gaze on how he handles his new star running back, Le'Veon Bell. Fine line with Le'Veon, he hasn't played in a year. At the same time, when's the right time? Is it this game? Is it the next one? Is it the next one? Do we just not play him this preseason? Do we go through the whole time and just give him reps? You know, I mean, all those questions, those are what we keep talking about. Yeah, and it's fair. I don't know if I necessarily see here, uh, Andrew, the necessity for Le'Veon Bell to get a lot of work for the Jets here in the preseason. Do you? I don't think there's any need. I mean, unless he wants to feel it just for, a, you know, to be out there, to get a touch, to get a hit before the regular season, I would consider it, probably still say no. But, yeah, in this day and age, you, you can't – I wouldn't put anybody of significance on the field for these games. So, and in particular, a guy like him – whose touches I want to manage, whose body I need to manage, no chance. 10 o'clock Eastern time tonight, Cardinals Chargers. Uh, the debut of Kyler Murray, the former Heisman Trophy winner at uh, Oklahoma with the Sooners, number one overall pick. Here he is on his debut for Arizona. It is what it is. You know, the day's coming. Uh, it's a game. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, mentally, I mean, I'm, I, I try to stay the same, you know, each and every day. Uh, and, you know, who, no matter who we're playing, if we're playing, you know, the Patriots in the Super Bowl, if we're playing Chargers in the, in the, in the preseason, you know, for me, it's a, you know, I'm approaching it the same way. Well, I, I don't know if he necessarily down the line is going to approach a preseason game the same way as the Super Bowl, but I get the point in hand. He's trying not to make too big of a deal of it, and I think we should probably do the same in terms of if he plays well or plays poorly. I think you want to see him have a command on the field, Andrew, but I'm not going to read all that much into what Murray does tonight against the Chargers. No, again, the only thing I would care about is if he somehow looked like emotionally and mentally overwhelmed yeah, by being point. on the field, and like as if he's too scared to be out there, which is not going to happen, but that's the one extreme that would matter. He could go five for five with five touchdowns. It's still a preseason game. Or throw five picks. It's still a preseason game. Almost nothing matters except just the experience of actually being out there in a close-to-game situation against somebody else. All right, to uh, Los Angeles and Charger land, here's Phillip Rivers talking about not having Melvin Gordon. It certainly is a deep position for us, and, uh, and those guys all love to play and work hard. So, uh, you know, uh, like I said, I mean, we, we love Melvin, but um, we're going to go with what we got, you know, and uh, it's pretty pretty dang good group. Yeah, I mean, uh, and he's got no other choice. I don't love the message if you're Melvin Gordon uh, because, uh, I mean, there is a difference between him and, and Jackson and uh, and the other running backs in that room, even as regardless of how strong the room is. Is he not a nice guy? I mean, this has been a strange offseason. Yeah, for... no, I think Rivers is a good guy. It's just he's no, no, no. the Melvin Gordon. Line. Oh, Melvin Gordon. I don't know. I don't know. Because for the point. longest time, you know, the, the, the theme normally is players don't comment on other players' business. Yeah, because... that's true. They all, at some point, have business to take care of. Right, and when Baker Mayfield did it about Duke Johnson earlier in the offseason, that raised my eyebrows. And you know, maybe Philip is salty because Philip knows you know it's near the end for him, and he doesn't want Melvin Gordon or anybody else to mess things up with holdouts or whatever. But but it's just odd to hear people get this close to like straight criticizing somebody for not being around. I mean, at least the Cowboys, for the most part, have played have played this nicely with, with Zeke Elliott, the, the Cowboy players, that is. Yeah, the, the owner continues to talk up Tony Pollard. Let's right. head down to Miami uh, in South Beach. How about the Dolphins? Josh Rosen in a quarterback battle with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Flores, their new head coach, has said, admitted that uh, Fitzpatrick is inched ahead in that quarterback battle. Here's the former UCLA star uh, commenting on the, right before tonight's Game 1. 
There were some really good things, some bad things, um, a lot of penalties, pretty sloppy. I mean, I had two delay games myself, um, which is definitely not okay. Um, but, uh, I mean, they're... I mean, everyone had a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. I think it's just about being a little more consistent um, personally as well. Um, I would have a really great play and then a not-so-great play. Um, but, yeah, I think consistency is the key. Well, yeah, no doubt. I mean, in order to be a good quarterback in the National Football League, when you're having delayed game penalties in practice, I mean, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just retweeted something from Adam Beasley who does a great job covering the Dolphins down in Miami. Uh, and I'll read the tweet to you. Yeah. Situations Flores, Brian Flores, the new head coach, has dealt with so far. His top assistant steps away due to medical issues. A player's in a horrific car crash, ending his career. His O-line coach, so ineffective, Flores fires him as a four practices. And now the drama yesterday around owner Stephen Ross and his support of the president and Kenny Stills being mad about that. Then you throw in the quarterback competition, and they haven't even played a real game yet. Yeah. So That's crazy. Hopefully, Brian Flores is not in that building as much as Adam Gase is the Jets one. Hopefully, he gets away and clears his head because that's a lot on his plate. I'd be running down the street screaming. I'd be running down the street screaming and being like, "This is the, this is what you had to hand me." But I'll tell you this: if he can handle, <laughs> get me he, back to New England, right? If you can handle all this, you can basically handle anything. Anything. Anything that now comes Flores' way, uh, you know, he's like. That's not a big deal. You want to hear about a you want to hear about a big deal. <laughs> yeah. His feet up, these they're three and thirteen. So right. Like, this, know, is, it this is what it is. Nothing. You guys remember August and July? That right. sucked. <laughs> you want to talk about balance in life? I know all about balance. <laughs> there you have it. A look at the campgrounds here on this Thursday morning uh around the National Football League. If you've got eleven preseason games tonight, uh and they'll be in full flight and we'll chat all about them tomorrow and uh, react to what we saw on the, the field this evening. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you that the, the way I approach the preseason is you you want to get through the games healthy. You want to make sure your players don't look like the situation is too big for them. For a quarterback here, Andrew, I think the most important thing is you want to make sure the game doesn't look too fast, that they step on the field and all of a sudden they don't know where to go with the football. That's the one thing you want to make sure you know. And that's the most important thing when you're looking at a young quarterback, I think. Even early. the little stuff, hearing the play call yeah. and spitting it back up correctly and not getting nervous. That's the little stuff that matters tonight. The three comes your way next on this Thursday morning. Mark Malusis, Andrew Bogish with you. It's Taz and the Moose. You know where you're at. Right here, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.